Well, hello, and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. Or should I say to the themes, dreams, and schemes of photography? Why do I say that? Well, because in the last week or so, we've had the return of Bob Dylan's theme time radio hour. Or as he described it, perhaps something you might get on a smart toaster. Anyway, it was the inspiration for the United Nations of Photography, so it's good to see it back, even if he's kind of dressed it up in the uh, in an ad for his own brand of whiskey. As regular listeners will know, uh, Bob Dylan is a bit of a touchstone for this podcast and also for me. But anyway, apart from Bob and Theme Time Radio are returning, what else has been happening in the last week? Well, I've been uh, spending quite a lot of time finally getting down to finishing uh, my PhD in photography. It's been an on-off kind of a thing over the last few years for a whole load of different reasons. Very few of them to do with me, actually. But I'm now working with somebody great and it's due to be finished, um, hopefully at the beginning of uh, 2021. But it does also uh, raise a bit of a question, doesn't it, as to why would you do a PhD in photography? Um, as a doctor, I will be offering consultations, but I will not be prescribing medication in pill form. That's uh, just a joke there. But of course, you know, becoming a doctor has a certain cachet about it, and it's kind of nice. But why else would you do a PhD? You know, something that could take up to seven years of your life, as well as a financial and time commitment. Well, an awful lot of photographic jobs out there at the moment, certainly in America and in the UK, also that do put a PhD as a requirement for teaching the subject. So it's useful in getting a job. Some would say essential, but I have to admit, I have neither an MA or a BA or photography or a, a PhD or an MFA, actually. I don't have any qualifications in photography at all, apart from 35 years now of experience of working within and with the medium. And I do have a degree, but it's in graphic design. So that idea of a PhD is a bit of an anathema, I think, to a lot of photographers, because it really does come with a, an association of hardcore academia. And I have to say that a lot of the reading I've been doing over the last uh, few uh, months now have been very much around ideas of memory and narrative and language and very little, in fact, almost nothing to do with photography itself. I should say that what I'm doing is a PhD by publication. There are a number of different kinds of PhDs you can do. What that basically means is that the books I've written, the films I've made and so forth, they all kind of become part of that. So it's a little complex um, to understand. And for a lot of photographers who are thinking of going into teaching, it's a, a barrier which I, I feel personally uh, shouldn't really be there. But at the same time, I'm also recognising that through my reading and through working on the PhD, it's definitely going to give me more understanding of my own work. But also, I think it'll make me a better teacher and a better person as well at the end of it. 
I think anybody who's been working as a photographer and thinks they can just walk straight into teaching is always a little bit surprised at the extra requirements it makes of you outside of your straightforward photographic knowledge. But I do still feel that a PhD shouldn't be a barrier for those people who are highly experienced from getting into teaching. Surely what we're looking for, as in everything, is a balance. Over past episodes, I've spoken out on many occasions concerning uh, the pay-to-play initiatives, scams, whatever you want to call them, that some magazines, um, brands and so forth try and get photographers to buy into. That idea of paying to enter a competition, paying to get your work uh, published and so forth. Anyway, in the last week, I saw something that really took this to a whole new level of lowness. It was this, and I'm going to read it straight off their website. It's a magazine that I think is just starting out um, to do with documentary photography. It seems to be pretty much a one-man band, somebody who claims to be a photographer. I'm sure he wouldn't like to be dealt with this way. Anyway, this is what it says. Um, It asks you, it's an open call is what it says. And be aware of those now. They don't seem to be open at all. But anyway, it says submitting a project is 100% free. However, if your project gets selected, you are obliged to pay a fee. Obliged. If your project is published in the print magazine, the fee is 197 euros. If your project is published on Docu Magazine, that's the name of the magazine, by the way, Docu uh, Magazine's Instagram, the fee is 97 euros. If your project is published on both print magazine and Instagram, the fee is 235 euros. Our team will review your project and email you in one to three days. I'm sure you'll get an invoice for that uh, cost pretty soon after. Just say no to these absolutely disgraceful acts that are being perpetrated by people who seem to think that they can get away with it. Let's make sure that they don't. This week, we welcome to the podcast uh, a photographer who uh, is internationally renowned, not only as a photographer, but as an author, a teacher and a speaker. Who is it? Well, it's Nancy Borowick, who delivers over 50 speaking engagements each year around the world, bringing her personal story to universities, hospitals, oncology units and community groups globally. Nancy is a graduate of the International Centre of Photography in New York and has exhibited her work in over 100 cities. Working regularly with the New York Times since 2013, She has told the intimate stories of people and places from every corner of the globe, winning her major accolades and awards such as World Press Photo, Pictures of the Year International and most recently the 2018 Humanitarian Award for the organisation Women That Saw for her photography and recent monograph The Family Imprint. She is a Sony artisan of imagery and in 2019 was invited to become a Kickstarter thought leader. Over the last decade, Nancy has narrowed the focus of her work, telling stories of health, struggle and personal relationships, using compassion, humility and trust as tools to connect with with and explore the lives of her subjects. Her work has been featured in numerous newspapers and magazines, including National Geographic, 
Time and the New York Times magazine. Photography for me means many things. I mean, it's a way of life. It's a way to understand the world. There is no language more universal. I know that sounds cliche, but it's true. Um, photography allows us to establish connections um, with with strangers and to find things in common and find those links. I actually feel like right now during this time of social distancing where we all feel very disconnected, photography can be that connection and that creative outlet for so many. Photography is powerful because it can amplify and empower voices. It can teach people. It can create empathy. And it can be a very cathartic way to process grief. And that, for me, is uh, a big part of my love of photography because I very much leaned on my camera as a way to process my own grief. Back in 2013, my mother was in treatment for stage four breast cancer when my father was diagnosed with metastatic inoperable pancreatic cancer. And you know, here were my parents, they were dying simultaneously. And I didn't know how to make sense of the world kind of exploding and imploding around me. What I ultimately decided to do was um, I, I wanted to spend more time with my parents. As a freelance photographer, I sort of had the flexibility to create my own schedule. And I just knew I needed to be with my parents. I didn't know how much time we had left. You know, like they were both in these parallel parallel treatments for cancer at the same time. Um, and I just knew I knew I had to be there. But I also knew that I couldn't heal them. And I had, you know, I, I felt very helpless, but by photographing and maybe telling their story and, um, and giving them a voice and honoring their experience, it maybe in some way it would help them. And in the end, it really, it really helped me. Um, I realized very quickly that the story that they, that I was shooting and the story that they were living, you know, it wasn't about cancer and dying. It was about living and love and family and perseverance um, in contrast. The camera really played an important role for me in this time. And uh, I think back to it often. It allowed me to be there with my parents, but also to have a safe distance from the reality of what was happening. You know, there was a moment when I put my camera down at the hospital with my father um, one day. because I thought, you know, I've taken this picture a thousand times. Do I really need to take another? And um, the next moment I was being walked into the room next door and laid on a hospital bed because I had fainted. My camera had literally become my armor, which allowed me to be with my parents in this really devastating time. And I, I just really had no clue that, like, you know, without it, I would be defenseless. Um, photography is such a gift. Um, 
it allowed me to share my story that share my experience as I was going through through it um, on a larger stage and with a larger audience than just my own family. And while I was, you know, I was going through this and I felt very alone, but once I was sharing my story, I, I realized that I wasn't alone, that so many had been through something similar and I felt comforted um, in, in my, in my grief and my fear and my, you know, the state of being that I was in, you know, and, and photography really, it really did allow me to, to turn my pain into purpose and even power. I, once I was able to share my story, uh, which it was first published in the New York times, I came to realize that by sharing my story, I was able to help others traverse what they were going through. And that really did give me a greater purpose in life and, and to see that others felt empowered, um, and comforted really, really brought comfort and, um, meaning and understanding to me and my parents as they were, you know, dying and thinking about the lives they had lived. There was actually one woman who contacted me and said that my images scared her. And she went on to explain that they scared her because she was about to go through the same thing with her mother. So she wanted to thank me because she felt like now she knew what to expect. Um, and that was really powerful for me because, you know, at the end of the day, this is just my family story. Uh, it's still kind of, you know, it's still kind of mind blowing to me that it, that it had such an impact on, on so many people. Um, and that so many others had been, you know, through something similar and it, you know, it was our narrative, but it was everyone's story. And I think that was a really powerful experience for me. And, and afterwards, you know, I, I felt like I couldn't imagine a life without photography. Fast forward to today, motherhood is the new lens through which I see photography and storytelling. Um, while it is hard to, uh, hold a camera in one hand and balance a 25, a 25 pound baby on one hip on the other hip. Um, I have been trying to find inspiration and tell the story of motherhood because I, I used to have so many mentors who would say to me, you know, photograph what's in your backyard. It might not be the most exciting, but it has those layers that you can peel back and challenge yourself to try to see your own world in a new way. And so while I have not been out shooting assignments, I've been, I've been staying home, taking care of my eight month old and trying to figure out what it means to be a mother and a photographer and wear all these hats. Um, and it's been one of the most difficult experiences of my life, but also one of the most rewarding Thank you, Nancy, for your contribution this week. Slightly longer um, than usual than the five minutes, but I think you'll agree. Absolutely worthwhile letting that one just run uh, run its course. I think it's just so, I don't know. I, I think it's just incredibly powerful when you hear such stories which are so raw and people being able and willing to share those stories with us. And a couple of phrases there that really kind of stuck out for me 
one of which was turning pain into purpose. What an incredible, I suppose, response to the situation that Nancy found herself in there. And that idea also of the camera and the healing power of photography. I so often hear about people having a tough time because of photography and that that feeling, I suppose, that perhaps photography is letting them down. And at the same time, I hear so many stories of people turning to photography and using photography and using the camera. As Nancy was saying, there is a shield, which is a slightly dangerous road to travel down, I presume, but also just that idea of documentation. I know I'm going through a very difficult time at the moment with my parents, and uh, I understand an awful lot of what uh, Nancy was saying there. Also, that use of the word empathy. How often does that crop up as being incredibly important to the photographer? It also raised some uh, interesting questions to me around photography and social distancing. In a way, that idea of a a one metre or a two metre gap, um, I suppose, could provide a a problem for the photographer. So often when I'm talking about uh, portrait photography i talk about that invisible line that uh, exists between the photographer and the other the other being the person being photographed and how as a photographer you need to kind of step over that line and then step back from that line just as we do in a conversation it needs to have that kind kind of natural rhythm of allowing people space and then coming forward and then stepping back and allowing situations to develop. And I suppose in a way that idea of the two metre or one metre social distancing kind of destroys that idea of stepping over the line and pushes us to find out new ways or to find new ways of using the camera. I'm seeing some incredible work coming out by photographers dealing with themes of isolation and um, the idea that everything now is kind of desolate and empty, that kind of interesting images and going forwards, obviously there'll be the record of our history at the moment that we will turn to. But I'm also seeing some work that's kind of existing as if COVID wasn't happening. So we don't only have to uh, record that COVID situation, we can also focus on humanity and connection and communication and all of those things that photography allows us as a medium to do so well. And every week that we have these contributions by different photographers, I think it's very clear that these are the key themes. Photography really is a reflection of life. That's really all it is. Anyway, I think that's the end for this week. Um, We've covered some ground, I think, um, as we should. So just leaves me as always to say, take care. (laughs) 